Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the CPR Health Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sagar Doshi. And I'm Zachar Moses. And today, let's take a break from COVID and talk about something arguably much more important to our health, which is sleep. Zach, did you always find sleep to be important in life? No. There was a time where I thought I was a champion of life because I was unable to, or I was able to go without sleep. I was wrong. Yes. Same thing with me. And so another word for that is we were also idiots (laughs) because sleep turns out to be just crazy valuable. It's as if during sleep, we fix all the stuff that we did to ourselves while we were awake. Yeah. So what, what is sleep? Uh, it's different than death, even though at some points people might look the same, right? You come home and you find your significant other laying on the couch, motionless, <laughs> eyes closed. Most of the time, your initial reaction isn't, oh God, I got to call 911. It's, ah, let me just be quiet. I check Nina's pulse at least twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> And it's been there each time. Yeah, I never missed. It's very important. <laughs> we have a sense of paranoia that I think many, most people don't. <laughs> yes, it's true. We also have um, an affliction known as skepticism, I think, that other people might have. And so before I actually, for me, got on board with sleep, I needed to actually understand that it wasn't a complete waste of time. Sleep does just crazy crazy stuff and i think that's the thing that's a good like calling it a waste of time is exactly what my misconception was i I was like oh well yeah i can sleep when i'm dead it's whatever that's just it's a thing that you do to make you feel good because sleep feels good turns out it feels good because it's really important but there's a time in college and we were talking about this recently it's actually what brought up the concept of this podcast is how awful my misconceptions were about sleep when i was in college and yours too, I would assume. Yeah, assuredly. Yeah, so we, I guess I'll only speak for myself. When I was in college, I thought that the smart thing to do was sleep as little as possible so I could be as productive as I could during the day. So when I was in my first year, my second semester, I was on the baseball team. And I just had an awful, awful year. I was couldn't hit off-speed pitches. I couldn't I, mean, I was making errors in the field. I just, I, I had the lowest batting average that I've ever had in my entire life. And I didn't realize it at the time. It probably took me two years to realize that trying to study and then get three hours of sleep and then try to play baseball was not the best plan. And my reaction time probably wasn't as good as it should have been. And then it was the only semester in college that I got B's on any of my classes because I wasn't sleeping, I presume. I mean, that's the best, best explanation I can come up with. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was an unfortunate semester. So how did you come to your uh, realization? I don't... How did you fix that? You know, did I... Did you just collapse? Yeah, I think I don't really took... I didn't really take sleep seriously until probably, I don't know, residency, the one time where you guaranteed not to get sleep that you need. It's probably when I was like, oh, this is actually pretty important. <laughs> so it took many years uh, to look back and realize uh, that it was pretty important. But even now that I've actually focused on sleeping, you realize how much better you feel, not just, I mean, you're more productive, you make less mistakes, 
you know, it's a miracle in residency that we were able to get through what we did with as little sleep as we had. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to all that stuff here. But yeah, I don't know how the realization came except for actually reading about it and recognizing that these things actually did apply to my life. And why? Just when you said, oh, it's just something that makes me feel good or made me think about breathing. And she's like, you know, I only need air because it makes me feel good. I don't really need it. It's not that important. I'm just going to hold my breath. <laughs> I will be so much more productive if I hold my breath right now. <laughs> That's the crazy thing about sleep is not only do we know it's important, and at some point here, I will rattle off a list of just a handful of things that sleep does. But when you're not getting sleep, it's like being drunk and not realizing it. Because when you're drinking and you're drunk, that is the wrong time to try and make the decision of, oh, well, am I drunk? I don't know. Because most of the time you're going to just think, ah, I'm fine, and make some bad decisions at that point. <laughs> it's the same thing when you're sleep deprived. In the moment when you're sleep deprived, it's like, well, do I really need more sleep? It's like, no, I think I'm fine. And you're usually busy, so you don't think you have time to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the effects of sleep on certain aspects of our brain and what we do with it are, they vary. You know, you'll get your ability to do something like driving is going to be different than your ability to do something like track a ball moving through air. Mm-hmm. Or the ability to problem solve is going to be different than either of those two things. Although I think I read a, a study one time that mentioned that the average person who gets six hours of sleep a night for two weeks drives like somebody who's got a blood alcohol content of, I think, 0.08 or 0.16, someone who's legally intoxicated behind the wheel that even if they're sober, their their reaction time and driving ability are so impaired, they're actually driving like a drunk person. Yeah, in, in Australia, they did a study where it wasn't even that kind of sleep deprivation. It was simply being awake for 19 hours in a row. Yeah. So being awake 19 hours in a row made you have the same driving ability as someone with a blood alcohol content of 0.08. So 19, that is not a lot of time. No. You wake up in the morning, you do your thing during the daytime, maybe you wake up at 6 or 7 in the morning, you do your regular thing. Um, you come home, eat dinner, maybe you go out, meet some friends, maybe you have some other stuff to do. By the time 2 a.m. rolls around, if you need to drive again, better be careful because yeah. you're driving drunk, even though no alcohol has been involved. Mm -hmm. And that's really one of the biggest dangers of being on the road. We all know the dangers of drunk driving, but drowsy driving is probably at least as important. At least 30% of the crashes on the road are trackable, are you can point to drowsy driving being the cause. But I had to argue that it's got to be so much more than that because who is getting out of the car after a car crash and be like, you know what? It's because I didn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and who's asking that question? Yeah. You know, getting drowsy driving isn't a crime. Well, actually in a few states that is. Oh, really? It's starting to become. Yeah. If you go, if you go like more than 24 hours in a row without sleep, then you're considered uh, the same as a DUI. But then the person has to admit to that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no real way to prove it. You can't breathe into a breathalyzer and be like, mm, insomnia. And you could you could design something, I bet, that measures inflammation levels and probably how big your arteries dilate and just a number of other things. But you could blame so much more than just sleep at that point. Right. Yeah. So this feels like a good time to just mention a litany of things that proper sleep can do. How many things should I name? 300 or maybe just three? <laughs> I think maybe between three and 300 on the lower side. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
So a few things it can do. It can help prevent dementia. It can, if you're exercising, it can help maintain our body temperature so we can actually keep going. Not only that, if we're talking about physical motion, then it can increase your stamina and how well you recover and how well you build muscle. But then just with learning, as we talked about, because you were in college, improving skills, whatever skills those are, whether it's hitting baseball, playing piano, uh, learning calculations, um, whatever it is, it helps with that. And it can actually really help lower anxiety, um, help stave off depression, improve mood in general. Um, it helps our brain, brains grow. It helps with insulin doing its job because without sleep, we can actually become more resistant to insulin, which will eventually, if your insulin resistance gets bad enough, that's called diabetes. Mm-hmm. Just a huge number of other things. So sleep is important. One, there was one study that I think just really underlines the importance of sleep so well, which is this study, I think it was out of Michigan, but they were actually looking at the rate of heart attacks with sleep deprivation or maybe getting a little more sleep. And so they went and looked at the number of heart attacks during daylight savings. What would happen, what does happen in their healthcare system the day after we fall back and the day after we spring forward? So here is the crazy part. The day after, the morning after we spring forward and lose an hour of sleep, there is an increase in heart attacks for that day. What would you guess? You probably already know the answer, but what would you guess, Zach? You told me this and I forgot the number. Uh, I'm glad you listened to me. I feel special. I do sometimes, but you talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with 16%. 24%. Nice. <laughs> Great. Good for sleep. Yeah. And then the day after we fall back an hour, it actually drops by 21%. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it's not as if the total number of heart attacks for that year, for that week really change. It's just that the sleep, uh, in the case of losing sleep, uncovers that heart attack, kind of precipitates it earlier than it may otherwise. So it is not the only cause for a heart attack. But if you think about it, I mean, we're doing this to ourselves all the time. Yep. I remember going back to another personal story because that's apparently all I'm capable of thinking about right now is myself. (laughs) The, (laughs) when I was in, I think it was early high school. I don't know. I was being an obstinate jerk as usual. And I got grounded for like, I don't know, two weeks by my dad probably totally deserved and i remember i had nothing to do because i couldn't go anywhere during this time and it was during the little basketball season so instead of like hanging out with my friends or staying up late doing things that a normal high school person would do i just went to bed and i got like eight to ten hours of sleep a day for the entire two weeks and i played the single best two-week stretch of basketball in my life I was I was unstoppable on the floor. I was scoring more than I usually did. I was rebounding more. My stamina was better. And I don't know if that was just because I was angry because I was pretty pretty angry most of the time because I was grounded. So I might have been just taking up my anger on the floor. But more than likely, it was due to the fact that I was sleeping a ton better than I usually did. Yeah. that It's hard to really separate those two. Particularly it is, you. especially for me. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if your sleep was pivotal for that. Why did you stop sleeping? Uh, Because I was a high school kid. I don't know if we know any better. My my thought is to stay up late and, you know, 
all the cool things that I can do at, you know, midnight on a school night as a 14 year old. I don't really know what that was. Probably nothing productive, but in my mind it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of my point is that you didn't know any better. But I mean, you went to college yeah. and you still didn't know any better. And then you yeah. went to med school and you still didn't know any better. Correct. You went to residency and you still didn't know any better. And I'm not just picking on you because it's the same yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. I don't feel bad. My solution for a difficult rotation in med school was, well, I'll just wake up earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll just get there earlier and work harder. And I'll just go to sleep later and study more. Mm-hmm. And clearly this will help. Yeah. And and I think that's a almost everybody in medical school, I think, has an opinion. You very rarely meet somebody that's like, guys, time to pack it in the night because I've been studying too much and I need to get some sleep. They're usually like, yeah, I need to stay till three in the morning, just push through because I, I got to test at seven. Mm-hmm. And that's it's uh, a mark of weakness. And it's not just a medical personnel. It's right. everybody. It's just sadder when it is medical people because we are supposed to know better. Mm-hmm. But this is a a missing piece of education until you come out and start reading different textbooks. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even they tell us that, that sleep. I mean, how many times in medical school did you hear That's that, a good point. you know, sleep apnea or things that, you know, obstruct sleep or cause you to get less sleep can cause things like contractible hypertension and stroke risk is increased. Like they, they kind of mention those things. They don't go through how to fix it and they don't really go into the details of it. But we hear that and we're like, okay, one more fact to learn for the test, not, oh, I should go home and sleep. I don't see how this is relevant. Right. (laughs) But that's the thing. We don't get the education anywhere in our school system, be you medical or non-medical. There should be, it should be going on since elementary school, middle school, high school. It should be everywhere that you need to go to sleep. This is what it does for you. Mm -hmm. You need to go to sleep. Uh, It'll make you learn better. Uh, go to sleep. It'll help you make better decisions during the day. You'll be less erratic. I mean, if we're talking about kids, my wife's a pediatrician and she sees a lot of ADHD or attention deficit hyperactive disorder. And there is at least some component of sleep deprivation with this. Because a lot of the kids that she sees with it, she'll start asking about sleep. And some of the parents will be like, I don't, they get to sleep when they're done watching TV. Where's the TV? It's in their room. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This doesn't seem... <laughs> I think we I, figured out here yeah, what's I mean, going I had, on. I had a TV in my room when I was growing up. I, mean, I think that's common. Yeah. We don't know. no one's teaching anybody. We, we, don't, we don't have one in our room now. Good for you. Do you? No. Okay. I was about to make fun of you if you did. <laughs> Hypocrite. Yeah, that's what you would say. But I just want to go for a few more things that sleep can do. It can actually help reduce the chance of getting cancer, keep cancer cells in check. It can, by repairing DNA damage that has occurred during the day, this is when it happens. It can help with keeping our hunger in control and making better decisions on food that we make. And so I mention all this mainly because the first step in making progress is realizing you have a problem. And so if you're someone that is falling asleep in the daytime or just absolutely needs an alarm clock, you need more sleep. There's no, maybe there's other stuff going on, but this is a priority for you. Yeah. You shouldn't wake up in the morning and always feel like you need to go back to sleep. That should not be the first thought. The ideal is to wake up and you feel rejuvenated. Ideally, 
you wake up after it's been seven to nine hours and you're ready to roll and then your alarm goes off. You're like, hmm, well, I can turn that off. And you're up. We've been talking about sleep for a bit. I hope we've accomplished what the point of this podcast was, was simply to convince you that you should be going to bed earlier and waking up later. We're doing whatever it takes to get higher quality sleep. I think we just talked about what we did in our past and that's pretty much <laughs> the, 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 the large majority of this podcast so far. Well, if that is the fact, uh, that's okay. Maybe somebody will find it entertaining. <laughs> we'll start doing more sessions, more podcasts, going into more detail of sleep, how it works, and more importantly, some techniques that we can use to get ourselves more better quality restorative sleep yeah i think that's uh probably the more helpful part of this for most people will be here okay great i know sleep's important now how are we gonna go about getting better sleep yeah so tune in next time in the meantime thank you for joining me and zach yeah thanks guys we'll see you next time and remember the way you live can save your life <laughs>